It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favor to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. It is the 12th of February. Great to be here with you today to wrap up the week. I'm Nadine Blaney and I'm here with Annette Beecher. Annette, how's your day going? Oh, it's been a bit of a quiet day, but what a week we've had. So a quick breather is quite welcome ahead of another punchy one next week. Oh, punchy. Have you seen the lists of companies that the are reporting? Lists are getting, <laughs> the lists are getting longer and longer. And also Chinese New Year to our listeners. Yeah. The year of the metal ox is coming. And I think that's part of the reason why it's been a bit quiet around here the past couple of days. You know, a lot of Asian markets are closed. Chinese markets will remain closed for much of next week as well. Um, no economic data to really speak of at home and that today, but we've got to talk about that Victoria lockdown. I mean, from an economics perspective, I guess the one thing you can say about it is that it's short and sharp. So the damage to the economy likely limited. Exactly. And in fact, I... Uh, interviewed Adelaide Timbrell, who went through the Brisbane and WA lockdowns and said, when you have a short, sharp lockdown, you lose spending by up to 40%. But because it's only short, that pent up demand gets released almost instantly. So she said, uh, the history so far is not a lot of lasting damage, but obviously personally is probably different to economic damage. I mean, it's not much fun for people trying to get across the borders. It is not, you know, if you're listening to us from Victoria, uh, look, we're thinking of you. It's been a really tough road and not over yet. But what is your overarching thoughts, I suppose, about these lockdowns, Annette? Because the reality is that we're going to be living with COVID-19 or variants for quite some time, right? Mm -hmm. So from an economics perspective, again, I mean, does there reach a point where we've just got to get on with it and you know, abandon our current strategy, which has worked really well. And I guess everybody has uh, a view depending on, on where you're coming from. I mean, from an economic lens, containing the virus comes first. I mean, Australia is performing particularly well. We had a very short uh, recession on, on the back of the virus. The movement of people around the states has been curtailed. But let's face it, you know, GDP of, you know, three, four percent on the cards is relying on the virus being contained. I'm personally not a fan of lockdowns. I think it's too drastic a measure. I was literally just reading about the, the Chapel Street in Melbourne. I used to live near there. And uh, they've got a, a fridge full of food ready for the weekend. Yeah. 
you know, so there's small businesses uh, would be particularly, you know, hurting with this announcement. Okay, so that is it. I mean, we thought that 2021, the year of the ox, <laughs> might get off on a more positive note. But look, uh, we will survive. Annette, I didn't get a chance to ask you yesterday about your view in the COB newsletter. So if any of you out there listening don't, oh, you're probably sick of me saying this, but if you don't <laughs> subscribe to the COB, you do actually miss little tidbits from from our anchors. Um, so Annette, you think that the RBA is over-communicating. Oh, absolutely. It's it's fine when we have, we do have virus issues and that does change on a daily basis, but the RBA is very clear that they are still an inflation targeting bank and inflation's not rising and not rising anytime soon. And so policy is not changing anytime soon. So do we really need monthly meetings and followed by monthly minutes and then we have quarterly communication and then of course we have lots of speeches so how many times in how many ways are they going to say we're not going to do anything for quite some time so i i just threw it out there look the quarterly updates are essential you need to update the economic outlook and maybe just a midpoint uh board meeting in between and that means meeting every six weeks which to be honest which is what everybody else does even the rbnz Okay, that's interesting because a lot of the criticism that I've heard over the years when it comes to the RBA and its communication is that they're not they're not speaking enough. I suppose I should put the confines around that. They get criticized heavily for not holding a post-meeting press conference mm. a la, you know, the US Fed. Yeah. Do you think that that would be helpful? That could bridge the gap and and uh, or you could do the the triple whammy like they do in the UK and they give you the outcome, the minutes and a press conference straight up and then a six-week silence. So that could be a solution. And it's obvious that the RBA can act into meeting. You don't have to wait if circumstances dictate. You can always trot out a senior official with a speech in between. But in terms of making the board sit down, review the data, review the, the events and evaluate the stance of monetary policy, every four weeks is completely unnecessary. Hmm. Okay, food for thought there. Interesting though, because boy, we hear a lot as well from the various US state Fed presidents. Mm. You know, we've got a lot of communication coming from other central banks, I guess, just in different ways. Uh, look, okay, so let's maybe talk a little bit of markets today. A little bit of a pause. It was a little bit quiet, as we mentioned earlier, in terms of equities. Um, but look, you can't keep going higher and higher and higher every no. day, can you? Particularly, I noticed that uh, the, the buy now, pay later space, you know, had a bit of profit taking. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, you know, it, particularly ahead of the prolonged Asian holidays that we have now, a lot of people would have taken some money off the table and, uh, and hit the road for a week. So there's certainly nothing fundamentally changed when you have an off day on the markets. And I suspect we will still be quiet in the early days of next week uh, as most of Asia is still on holiday. Yeah. And it always, you know, depends what happens in the US and it's pretty much a reflection of what happened in the US as well. We'll just wait for some wild tweets maybe. <laughs> we used to wait for Mr. Trump and now I feel like we wait for Elon Musk which just blows my mind as well. It's a um, crazy new era <laughs> we're in or you've oh got boy. Snoop Dogg promoting Dogecoin. Yeah I we had yeah Lindsay Lohan anyways I mentioned that yesterday. <laughs> okay so we are still in the thick of reporting season. Look the companies it was a bit quieter today but the companies that reported actually getting hit quite hard that's baby bunting 
in the specialty retail space. It did not provide guidance. Now, Mervac cut its dividend. It did provide guidance, but cut its dividend. It got hit pretty hard today. Kathmandu, this is was an official results. They're unaudited. It's a trading update. But again, in that retail space, which has been an outperformer, uh, getting sold off today. Kathmandu was actually the stock of the day today. So Kashi sat down with his expert guests, Ben Clark from TMS Capital, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Let's listen in to what they had to say about Kathmandu. KMD is the ticker code. In general, I looked at this one as more of a, a winter uh, or mm. a second half story right. due to the fact that a lot of their stores uh, Kathmandu, sleeping bags, tents, uh, jumpers, those kinds of things. I think jackets, they, jackets, and, those yeah. kind of things that do really well. But they have sort of turned that around and maybe made it a bit more of a summer store by buying some rip curl uh, and and buying that. So obviously, COVID was a big part of what they talked about today and the store disruptions and things like that. So it was a little bit uh, of a messy result, but resumption of the dividend I think will be positive. Um, they did blame the lack of international travellers. Is that an excuse? I'm okay. not too sure of, but yeah, um, not, um, uh, yep, yeah, it, 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 it's a hold from hold me. Hold for you. I, okay. I, yeah, there are better ones out there, that's for sure. Right. I, I, I'm pretty cold on it. I think it's probably a sell. Like that, that's actually, a, I think, a bit concerning. Like, you know, yeah. most stocks exposed to the consumer are just booming at the moment. And yep. if you're not, I reckon that's a bit of a red flag. You know, I think when you're a retailer, that there's two things that are really important. You gotta have a niche, I reckon. You gotta have something that no one else is really doing. Yeah. And I don't. I think they've kind of got that, but not really. Um, if they drop off the investments in wetsuits, that, that'd be a big worry because yeah. as a private company, Rip Curl's stayed ahead of the curve. Mm. Um, and the second thing is you gotta be really good management. Kathmandu's had like a constant procession of CEOs going through it. The one's just left, they're looking right. for a new one. Okay, so that's Ben having the final word on Kathmandu, and it is not Annette going into the call portfolio because they don't, well, they just don't want to buy it. In fact, I think there was a sell recommendation in there, but um, yeah, hope you enjoyed that. Listen, we have got a whole lot of wonderful guests lined up for you on Monday, one of which is the CEO of Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, Marty Baker. So looking forward to that interview coming. I don't even know if I should go through them on. I'll try to do it in one breath. These are the companies, <laughs> Annette. Get ready. Altium, Horizon, Beach Energy, Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, Charter Hall, Retail REIT, Contact Energy, Cooper Energy, GPT, IPH, JB Hi-Fi, Nearmap, which brought it forward, of course, Paradigm mm -hmm. Biopharmaceuticals, Regis Resources, Saracen Minerals, Sky City Entertainment, and Seven West Media. And Yay! breathe. Well done. <laughs> well, a nice mixture of energy and retail there. So yep. that uh, that will give us two different directions. As you were just alluding to, retail has had a bit of a, a rough trot, but I think with almost every analyst I've spoken to in the last month saying that retail is strong and expected to remain strong, I think the whisper numbers uh, in some ways are outpacing uh, the results, even though in some cases they're quite good. Yeah, we've been speaking with so many people about results. I'll just flag a couple of them. Chris Conway from Marcus Today. If you'd like to listen to an interview that touches upon Mervac, touches upon baby bunting, also his thoughts on the commodity super cycle, you can access that via the show notes. We had Martin Pretty. He is director at Equitable Investors weighing in on small caps. And uh, hopefully he gives, he does, he gives three, he gives more than three stock picks in that interview. If that's your thing, 
you want to listen to that one. And we also spoke with Jason Tay, who's CIO at Vertium Asset Management, about reporting season. He's pretty happy so far this reporting season. And I think Annette, that's the general consensus view that I've been getting from guests that we've been speaking with. I mean, it is still early days, but you know, these companies are, uh, they're a bit leaner. In some cases, they're a bit meaner. They're looking to cut costs going forward. They are looking to invest heavily in digital. They also are providing more guidance that, than they did last time around. And it looks as if dividends in many cases are back. I mean, CBA was an example yeah, of that. Absolutely. Well, I think guidance was impossible last year. So we have a little bit firmer footing. And that's certainly a theme that I've picked on and will be in a in a thought this mm -hmm. week and the ne ne next week in the COB is everyone's talking about all the money sitting in banks waiting to be spent. These dividends could get spent as well. Yeah. Um, the retirement community has been living on next to nothing for quite some time. And I think that's sort of an unexplored area of, of household spending coming up because these dividends are the proverbial bonus. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't that aware. They'll just look at their bank account and go, oh, this looks like a, a good excuse to go and spend. So I've, I'm still a big fan of the retail space. I think there's income coming from all sections. I think we're spending a too, too much time on JobKeeper and not looking to all the benefits that the uh, the economy is bringing at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to end it on that positive note then <laughs> on this Friday, Annette. Hey, that was fun. Good to have you along for the podcast. We'll get you involved more often. I oh, reckon. you can't shut me up here, I tell you. <laughs> all right. Um, everybody out there, just firstly, I forgot to thank everybody yesterday who participated in that subscriber service. Survey. Fantastic I mentioned that outcome. it ended and I mentioned who won, but I forgot to just say thanks to everyone. Um, so we really hope that, um, you know, you start to see some of the, the suggestions you may or may not have made sort of come to the come to fruition in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you next week. Um, I guess it's the last call time, Annette. We should go. It's, oh, happy new year indeed. <laughs> go the ox. All right. See you guys.